Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Tomahawk Take Podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining us. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me is Alan Carpenter. Good day. And Fred Owens. Hi there. And, uh, guys, we want to go ahead and make sure that we got this podcast recorded this week. Obviously, uh, next week will be Thanksgiving, and we hope that you all have a uh, great Thanksgiving, COVID Thanksgiving, wherever uh, you get to get, get together with family, hopefully. But we did have some news, obviously, with the Braves that we wanted to discuss and, and talk about. I mean, actually had a, a, a rather large signing, um, at least as far as money-wise. It didn't really get a lot of national publicity but talk about that a little bit later but first uh just another news item want to just kind of briefly mention is Kyle Mueller got added to the 40-man roster the deadline for teams to add players to their 40-man roster uh, and not lose them in the upcoming Rule 5 draft is coming up November 20th so the Braves had to get him added to the 40-man roster to avoid losing him so that's why they made that move um, and, and also Mueller's just a, obviously a big time prospect, big time arm who we could potentially see at some, sometime in 2021. So good to see him protected on the roster. Fred, I believe that brings them to 37 on the act, on the 40 man. Yeah, I think it's 37 or 38. I haven't actually looked at the number today. I'll 37 is correct. 37 uh, is correct. That, okay. that was part of the uh, Braves uh, press release on him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, so the 40 man's at, at 30. Seven right now, and I believe that's with Smiley added um, to the roster as well. And that'll be uh, the next news item that I kind of teased at the beginning here. The Braves signed Drew Smiley to a one-year deal worth $11 million, and I, uh, this shocked me a little bit just because Smiley's not somebody that I'd really given much thought of. Um, and that's just the way Antopolis apparently works is we're all looking in one direction and he goes the other one. And more often than not, it's it's worked out for him. So you can't really fault the guy or criticize him for it. But um, $11 million for, for Smiley, Allen, that, that seemed rather steep to me just when I, I first saw the news. Yeah, the estimate from a couple of sources I checked was basically 5 to $6 million for a one-year deal for him. So... Yeah, and he wasn't even listed among the top 40 or 50, depending on who you're subscribing to, available free agents this offseason. So that, by almost any standard, is an overpay. But last time we talked, I was talking about the easy path, the uh, the easy signs, the things to get done quickly. And I think that's kind of the way that Anthopolis went this time. They they found a guy who had some interest in the Braves. They they had some interest in him, and I'm guessing it it's analytically driven. They decided, okay, we're going to snap this guy up now and make sure that we got at least one starting pitcher now. It, it cost them. I 
frankly think they could have probably got him cheaper, but apparently uh, the word is that his agent was looking for maybe a three-year, $30 million deal. Um, I think that's a little robust, <laughs> to say the least. But nonetheless, uh, they came together on an $11 million pact, and then we'll just see how it goes. I, it's going to be an overpay, even if he turns out pretty well, um, but... Uh, my suspicion is that you're going to have some mixed results with him and he'll have some good outings, some bad outings, and he'll occupy effectively the fourth or fifth slot in the rotation. I mean, he's going to give you some innings and that's what we need. So I, I suppose it's an okay signing. It's not a bad signing. It's not a terrible overpay, I guess, but it's, it's at least uh, checking off one of the boxes that the Braves need because they're going to need, I believe, two to three pitchers at least for next year yeah fred i mean uh, i guess in a normal offseason maybe 11 million wouldn't be terrible for a middle of the rotation starter if you're thinking he he is that i'm still not sure on that obviously he had a a nice year with the giants you know (laughs) a short year but you know the way this offseason was going what we were expecting i mean 11 million for a guy like smiley I just really didn't see that happening this off season with, with the you know the the budget crunch. Yeah, I, I mean it was it was a sh- it wasn't a shock that they signed him, and I I don't want to get the impression that uh, oh it was a horrible mistake. Yeah, it was a serious overpay, uh, and and I don't think anybody disagree. I mean you gave he he was compared last year to la- the way that Madison Bumgarner pitched last year, and I just don't see that as an eleven million dollar pitcher. They they gave Robbie Ray eight million, and they wouldn't pay ten million for Brad Hand. No teams would. And suddenly Drew Smiley, because he had twenty six and a third good innings, is go worth eleven million. Now I hope he's right. I hope that the metrics are right. But I looked at him, and Alan wrote about him, and I looked at him, and I went, uh, yeah. But if you look back to the first of July last year, which is when he was in theory really good, from that point forward. Uh, the numbers really aren't that wonderful. I mean, he sort of had a, uh, he, since last, since last July when he went to the Giants and he started pitching really well, and batters were hitting 241 off of him with a uh, 742 OPS. And he had an ERA of 4.15 and a 1.26 whip. He wasn't walking people. That wasn't it. He only walked 30 people in, in both seasons combined. So he's not walking people. He's also not striking. He wasn't striking many out. I know his strikeout rate was high, but he struck out 110 people, but people were hitting him. The whip, a 1.26 whip, and he's not walking people means there's a lot of, lot of hits out there. And he also gave up 1.5 home runs per nine innings, which is essentially one home run every outing if you figure that an outing six innings. So, yeah, okay, he's a four ERA pitcher. That makes him a fourth or fifth starter. I'm not sure that that's worth it. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he comes out and is Cy Smiley next year and wins a couple of awards. But uh, I just don't see $11 million worth of pitcher there. Yeah, and so my follow-up question to this, Fred, was, you know, are the Braves done with starting pitching now? Because, you know, we had heard kind of some rumblings of them looking into a John Lester or an Adam Wainwright. But at $11 million, I mean, you almost have to figure this was the starting pitcher that they were going after. Well, I think they're going to trade for another pitcher. I, I've said that a couple of places. I don't think they're going to sign one because I think that they looked out there and said, we can't afford any of these guys that are going to sign that are good, and we can, we've got better in-house. And, you know, let's plug Smiley into the fourth, fourth hole, and we'll look for another pitcher. 
you know, I think there's pitchers available out there. Uh, John uh, John Gray out of out of out of Colorado is certainly going to be available. Maybe a Senzilla will be available out there as well. There's pitchers around that will be traded, and I think uh, and I said somewhere in one of the one of the comments that this may set them up to trade a prospect um, or a pitcher that hasn't quite done what they want them to do uh, for uh, uh, you know future value for present value. And gets a pick up a John Gray for a year or a Cincella or one of those guys that's going to be out there. But I think that I think they'll try to get another pitcher, whether they'll be able to do it or not. But I don't think they're done with pitching. I think they're done with signing, but not done with pitching. Yeah, Alan, and I think you know you kind of made the point in our Twitter group chat. You know, with the pitchers not going, you know, pitching a full season this year, especially with the Braves having a lot of young guys, you know, they still may be on somewhat of an innings limit. You know, if we do get a full season. Um, in 2021 so you're probably going to still need a lot of pitchers to help eat some innings up this year which you know is probably why they brought a guy like Tomlin back um, get a guy like Smiley who can eat some innings and and we obviously don't know the timetable for Soroka we're all kind of just expecting him to be you know back for opening day or at least that first month but you know I, I think they've got to get at least another starting pitcher if not a, a couple more. Yeah, and I'm in the same camp there, and I'm also in a full agreement with Fred that I think a, a trade target is certainly in the offing. The complaint I've had the last two off seasons really is that Alex Anthopoulos has not moved any of the uh, prospects that look like they're down in the pecking order, and those guys are still hanging around and still not really looking like uh, major league players, and I don't know that their value as trade options has uh, – increased at all but uh they need to be moved and they need to and if in this environment where they're going to be cheap uh it's time to move them as now it's it's going to now or never kind of a proposition so yeah um maybe fred's uh favorite uh trade target from pittsburgh joe musgrove might be also in that list you do have some veteran guys who might sign cheaper contracts i don't know if uh, John Lester is in that groove or not, or or Adam Wainwright would even be willing. But uh, you, you've got those kind of guys that might still be available in the signing market. I mean, heck, who knows if uh, King Felix is still hanging around wanting to pitch. But looking like, I mean, it, I'm torn. It's like you spent 11 million bucks on Smiley that you didn't have to. Are you trying to spoil the uh, pitching, free agent pitching market for everybody else and then figure, okay, well, now we can go after full price for everything is, is what the agents are probably saying. But uh, uh, it also makes me wonder, does do the Braves have more money than we thought? And, and I don't know the answer to that. It, it's a, that's why the 11 million was such a crazy number. It sort of blew our um, initial assessments right out of the water. But uh, that said, yeah, we're going to need some more <laughs> pitching. We're definitely going to need some more pitching. And I, th- I think the trade market may be the best way to get at it. So um, I, I think there's going to be some, some interesting movements between now and the end of the year, probably as far as that goes, but we will see what happens. Yeah, I mean, we came into this offseason kind of thinking the Braves had, you know, maybe 20, 30 million to spend and, you know, they've already spent 12 million on two pitchers and, you know, maybe the biggest need yet is to find a bat to replace Ozuna. So I hope you're right. I hope maybe the Braves, um, have a lot more to spend than we're, we're anticipating, uh, which would be really nice to see because, 
there are still some needs. I, you know, obviously got to find that bat. I think they still find another starter, maybe in the five million dollar or less range. And then I think you got to get somebody like a Felix Hernandez that you can get on a, a minor league deal to kind of, you know, add to some to some depth in spring training. So yeah, I think there's still a lot uh, left to be to be done there. Um, the eleven million is just what surprised. Like Fred said, that don't want to th- say that Smiley's a bad pitcher or anything, but that eleven million just seemed like a lot. I, I would be curious to know if there were other teams that were offering him around that that amount. Yeah, um, get, get this too. In what world would you have expected a month ago that uh, Gossman at, uh, would have signed with the Giants for his nineteen million dollar qualifying offer, and Smiley gets eleven million? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy numbers. Maybe things aren't in bad shape as as we thought they would be. I don't know. Well, Gossman um, signed because he wasn't going to get that anywhere. I yeah, mean, I don't know why they offered it to. Him. No, I don't either. <laughs> and I, I mean, the Strowman, the Strowman uh, QO, I understood. But yes. uh, God, why would you do that to Gossman when he's liable to be his the real self again next year? Yeah, and um, you know, speaking of, of money saving, maybe the Braves, the way the Braves do that is by um, non-tendering some guys. But there's honestly not a ton of money to be saved there. But um, that deadline is coming up as well. I believe that's on December the second. Um, so obviously that'll happen before we uh, record again uh, with Thanksgiving next week. So um, MLB trade rumors put out their non-tendered candidate list. Uh, and three Braves were on that list, and I wrote about this earlier this week, but uh, they mentioned Johan Camargo, Luke Jackson, and Grant Dayton as possible non-tender candidates, and they have uh, Camargo and Luke Jackson set to make about $2 million in arbitration this year, and Grant Dayton to make about 800000 So, like I said, not a ton of save potential there, but... Um, definitely, you know, three guys who I think could potentially get non-tendered uh, in, the, in the coming weeks. But, Fred, your your thoughts on the non-tender candidates? Do you see them non-tendering any of those guys? Well, I don't think they'll tender Luke Jackson the contract. I, I mean, he's imminently replaceable. Uh, and, and I know that, uh, you know, he's got this ground ball rate, but Luke doesn't ever has clean innings. If you want to give Luke a chance, you bring him in with nobody on base. And Ryan Snicker just refuses to do that most of the time. I think that they non-tender Luke because he's replaceable. Now, that doesn't mean they will. Camargo and Dayton are going to be so cheap that you tender them and then try to trade them if you don't want them. Because uh, why would you let Camargo walk off and sign with, uh, I don't know, the Mets for some reason for $1.5 million when you can sign him for one point nine and trade him? and get something back. And Dayton, I don't think Dayton's exciting enough that people are going to want to pay him a lot of money. Uh, and he wasn't awful last year. Uh, he surprised me by hanging around as long as he did. I just, I don't, I think Luke Jackson is a non-tender, but I, I think they'll keep Camargo and I think they'll try to trade him. Uh, and Dayton, uh, we lost people out of the bullpen. Dayton's known quantity. If we get people in, tender him and trade him. Yeah, no, I kind of right there with you. That's kind of what I wrote the other day is that it's just the cost savings is not really that big of a deal to just kind of hang on to some of these guys and see if maybe you need them for depth or that possibly you, you uh, put them in a trade. Um, with Jackson and Dayton, I believe, according to Fangraphs, neither one of them have minor league options, which, you know, would kind of make more sense for maybe them to get um, non-tendered, um, especially, like you said, you know, Luke Jackson. Um 
Camargo does have minor league options, so it to me it makes even more sense just to bring to to keep Camargo um, for the depth. Like you said, he's somebody that you know probably could have value in a trade uh, if you wanted to move him somewhere. So um, you know, if I had to to make a guess at it, Alan, I think I think Jackson doesn't get tendered a contract, and I probably I don't think Dayton does either, just because of the amount of lefties we already have in the bullpen. Yeah, I think uh, Jackson's probably gone. Um, and as far as Dayton's going, I think that the Braves might offer him a little bit less to stick around. But if not, then they'll let him go and then leave, try and leave the door open, see if he wants to um, come back after sticking his toe in the water and finding out how much there is or isn't in the free market. So, Because, uh, yeah, he's he's also probably replaceable. Other than that, yeah, they already uh, released effectively. They they not released. So Fulte's no longer with the team, so he was the uh, one guy who was going to have a high arbitration number had he still been in the majors. Uh, and so you could say that money's already been saved, uh, and it dwarfs anything else that those other three guys had combined. I, th- I think so. Uh, yeah, it's it's this is not a money thing. This is a uh, player thing, and as Fred suggested, it's also a can you get something for him kind of guy uh, in, in Camargo and or maybe Dayton, but more more Camargo if uh, you do try and bring him back. So it, this is not going to be a big event, uh, kind of like the Rule 5 draft won't be a big event either, I don't think. But uh, it, it's um, you know part of the calendar that we go through at this time of the year and part of the hand-wringing that that we see a little bit going on. But fortunately, I guess it's going to happen mostly with other teams this year because the Braves really don't have a lot of a, uh, drama happening at, at this point. I think they make, I think the three openings on the roster may be, uh, they're sitting waiting and hoping that the players who are non-tendered, like maybe Eddie Rosario or a couple of those guys are available and they can get to them. Yes. Um, Cause that's what that, if you keep those three roster spots open, then you can go out and say, okay, look, Eddie, they non-tendered you. Uh, we'll give you eight million. Come over here and play a little left field for us and solve part of the problem with that. Uh, but and and I think that's that's the beauty of those empty forty man slots right now. Yeah, to see a, a guy who had a one fifteen OPS plus last year um, get non tendered like that that's kind of interesting. <laughs> well, they've got a lot of outfielders, and uh, Rosario strikes out a ton. He but, does, but, but he hits a lot of homers too. And that's the thing. I, it's they have a lot of good outfielders coming up, and they got to have place for them. That's that's the thought anyway. I don't know whether they'll do it, but that's the thought. Yeah, so Fred kind of jumping the gun on me a little bit there because the other thing I wanted to talk about, no, you're good, (laughs) um, is that, you know, on on MLB trade rumors, you know, not non-tender list, they do mention a couple of big names because apparently all all the other teams are trying to save money while the Braves are out here throwing $11 at Drew Smiley. (laughs) Um, So uh, you could could have a lot of – Interesting names get non-tendered. They mentioned Chris Bryant as a possible non-tender candidate. I highly doubt that'll happen, um, but they do have them on there. They they have Rosario on there. Um, so, you know, that's a place where the Braves could look and, and see a couple of interesting free agent names come up that maybe they, they weren't expecting, you know, that could, could really help them out. Steven Matz, obviously, from the Mets is the name on there. John Gray even is on here, um, as we're talking about some of the starting pitching depth. 
uh, Tommy Pham's listed on there. <laughs> if the Padres did that, I don't know why, but he would be a great candidate uh, to fill in at left field. But um, a lot of good non-tender candidates on there. And, guys, I know we were kind of talking about it before, and, and Fred, since you already kind of uh, mentioned it there, are there any other names on that list that you're um, looking forward to maybe um, becoming free agents and the Braves maybe targeting them? Well, most of them, uh, most of them I'm, don't really fit a need for us. I mean, uh, Eddie Rosario fits a need, left-handed bat, left fielder, um, and uh, he's not great in the outfield, but he's not awful either. Really, Fam is a good one, uh, but I don't know. I don't see anybody else. Maybe Brian Goodman. I like Brian Goodman a lot. I know a lot of people don't, but Brian Goodman played a lot of good outfield for the Angels. Left-handed bat, plays all three outfield positions. Maybe he's the counterpart to Adam Duvall. Uh, and he's inexpensive. He's a two or three million dollar player. Um, and if you get him and play him, platoon him opposite Duvall, let him hit against right-handers, Duvall against left-handers. Maybe that works. Uh, but other than that, I didn't see. I mean, I mean, I've always liked Stephen Matz, but I, I don't know that he can stay healthy, and that's a problem because uh, you don't want to hire another Cole Hamels kind of thing. So really, uh, it's really Rosario, and maybe you know, if, I don't think they're going to non-tender Bryant either. Uh, that would kind of be silly. You tender him a contract, and trade him if you want to do that. But I just think that uh, uh, Rosario and, and maybe Matt, uh, maybe a, a pitcher out there that we haven't think of a reliever maybe uh, uh, be it. But I don't see anybody else. Yeah, Alan. I don't know if you had a chance to look at that list, but any other names on there kind of stick out to you? Well, the one thing that sticks out for for a wholly different reason is uh, Sanchez, catcher uh, from T Yankees. Uh, how how far Gary Sanchez has fallen. I mean, just a few years ago, he was, well, I mean, hitting a bunch of bombs for the Yankees, and they were kind of saying, oh, okay, he'll, his defense will kind of grow as he continues to age. Well, both his defense and his offense has sort of hit rock bottom now, and he's probably going to be non-tender because the Yankees couldn't trade him if they wanted to right now either. So I just that being a notable name of, of somebody who's who's fallen there. But uh, other than that, uh, I don't have any additional names that I think fill any needs. I, I do kind of like the idea of uh, Dan Winkler since he's a fellow UCF guy. Uh, <laughs> he's on the list, but uh, I, I don't see the Braves picking him up either. So, yeah, it, it's kind of honestly a thin list. There are um, very few guys that really, really um, are going to be in high demand here. I don't think John Gray's going to get uh, non-tendered by the Rockies. Yes, he's a trade candidate, definitely, but I don't think they're going to uh, let him go for nothing, just like uh, with Chris Bryant. So you got Bryant, you got Rosario, you got John Gray, and and maybe a smattering of others that might be of interest. But that, that's about it. It's it's not a big list this time. Yeah, no, I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting to see what teams do, and it'll kind of give you an indication of what teams are going to be doing this offseason, what teams are kind of um, budget-restricted uh, and maybe looking to kind of shed payroll. So I think that'll be t- very telling um, for that. Uh, and, again, that deadline is coming up uh, November 22nd or November 20th. Um, Tomorrow. So be, yeah. <laughs> Don't our calendar. We'll, by the time you guys hear this, we'll know the answers. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see if any new names come up on the free agent market. And then just before uh, you know we were recording here, we always kind of 
uh, chatting a little bit, and we were kind of throwing out some trade speculation this offseason, uh, mainly kind of trying to find that big bat that the Braves uh, need to find in the lineup because, you know, there's just really not a ton out there on the free agent uh, market, you know, really outside of Ozuna. Um, and, you know, I know we had kind of thrown around a couple of names. Um, Alan, I'll, I'll start with you. What are some of, you know, some of those trade target names that maybe the Braves um, could look to uh, to fill that, that bat? Or, or if you want to look for a pitcher as well, um, just trying to give uh, give our fans something to listen to on, on Thanksgiving and get excited about. Well, I, I'm looking at a couple of different teams here that are in the cusp of trying to figure out if what they want to do. Well, the Red Sox are one of them. The Cubs are another one of them. I, I suppose the Rockies are that, except they never can figure out what they want to do. Uh, I'll take the Red Sox here because I, I think I like to give Fred the Rockies. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I've had been looking at the idea of maybe a J.D. Martinez uh, as a possible trade candidate. Not so much in that we really need him as bad as you'd think, but we need a destination for somebody like Ender Enciarte. They've lost Jackie Bradley Jr. or probably lost Jackie Bradley Jr. So if we could send Enciarte that direction, that takes care of center field for them and, and a uh, difficult position and difficult park to play in, uh, and that also frees up a bunch of money for them and, and gives them a, a chance to maybe move in a different direction. Uh, I don't know how the free agent market is going to go for some of these bigger bats because there's, well, for instance, uh, John Morosi, uh, tweeted out this evening that Nelson Cruz is probably going to be sitting and waiting by the phone until they figure out what's going to happen with the DH in the National League next year. And that's because he doesn't want to limit his own market. If, if the National League ends up with, uh, a DH, then that, that perhaps gets him some more money. I think that's going to be the case with a lot of guys that we, we talked before about the DH being, uh, the DH being an unknown and the fact that I think that the sport is being irresponsible and not resolving this right away so that teams can plan ahead and, and figure out what they want to do with that. So that's going to affect the markets for Cruz. It might affect the market for Martinez. It might affect the market for Ozuna and a couple other guys. So, uh, I, I still hope that gets resolved any day now, but I don't see any movement happening towards that. So, uh, I, I would like to see NCRT traded to some place where he can be useful. I think the Red Sox might be one of those places. I don't know if he can get Martinez back in return, but it's, it, it seems at least plausible. Uh, obviously, there have to be a lot more exchange of things going on there, uh, maybe some money and, and some of these uh, pitching prospects we've been talking about that are withering on the vine. But that, that's at least one, one shot there that I'll shut up for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. Um, and, you know, obviously that'd be a big – Big bat in the lineup, uh, the desperately needed. But, um, Fred, uh, why don't you give us a, a trade idea that'll make the fans all all happy and go ahead and call Alex and make sure that it gets done. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure it's going to make anybody happy. But I was just pondering what the Rockies are going to do because they've got a, a superstar third baseman, uh, seven gold gloves, uh, who's unhappy, wants to win. The Rockies are not going to win this year or for the next three years. Uh, they just aren't that close. And 
their system doesn't have the pitching. Uh, they need pitching. They need to move that contract so they can get on and sign Trevor Story, extend Trevor Story. So I was thinking maybe they'd be willing to throw in part of his money. If you could bring Arenado back for $20 million a year to, the, to Atlanta and, uh, and John Gray along with him and send Riley, Newcomb, and Wright uh, and maybe Camargo out there with him, uh, both sides should be terribly happy over that. Because that would put a third, that would put a gold, a, sil- a gold glove third baseman on, on the team. It would put a, uh, hitter behind, uh, Freddie. We still need another one, but you would put, give you a hitter behind Freddie. It would, uh, also add a veteran starter to the lot, to the rotation who's going to go out there and give you a good year. And, uh, Gray and NCRT's money, uh, are sort of a swap. So you flip NCRT into that group and, you know, they have to send you maybe, I don't know, over five years, something like $70 million. But they're going to save in that five years $120 million. So, you know, it's 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 that kind of deal. Uh, and, I'm you know, I told Alan when we started this, I know AA doesn't think that way, but it sure seems to make sense for both sides. Yeah, no, I think it makes a ton of sense. And it, it feels like one of those moves that, that you make to go win a World Series. And, you know, we've kind of been talking about that really the last two off-seasons. You know, at what, at what point – is Antopolis going to use these prospects to go out there and make a move that's going to put the Braves over the top? Um, and, and, you know, to his credit, he's been able to put together a, a good team, a, a winning team, a team that was, you know, frankly, you know, one win away from going to the World Series, and, and I think they would have won it had they gotten there. So, you know, he, he's been able to do all that without, you know, trading away the farm, but you know, it just still seems like at some point he's going to have to to use that prospect capital to make that big move to put the Braves over the top. And, you know, whether that's Arenado or not, you know, I, I think that move, you know, makes a lot of sense really for both sides. And, you know, another thing to keep in mind here is the Braves, you know, they have the opportunity to go out there and, and take on a contract like that because of the deals they got with Acuna and Albies that, you know, really opened up. Um, their payroll for the next several years. Obviously, they got to pay for, uh, Freddie here um, after 2021, um, and, and you know that'll add another big contract to it. But still, I mean, the Braves are in in pretty good shape, um, you know, to to take on a contract like that. And and I think Arenado could you know be the difference uh, to put the Braves over the top and make them a, a World Series champion. Yeah, the question is whether you want to spend say 20 million bucks on Ozuna. And watch him play DH only or 20 million bucks on Arenado and watch him give you a gold glove, uh, defense at third base in addition to the, the hitting he provides. So it, it, yeah, it's an interesting the, question. So to your point, you're exactly right. That's really, this, a lot of this is going to shake out when the non-tenders are done because that's when you're going to see who's got what to trade. And if you bring in a Arenado and a Rosario or a JD Martinez, uh, and and somebody like that to fill it in, then you're you're perfectly right. That fills it in, and it gives you a quality player as opposed to a basically one-dimensional player. And then you fill in the extra bat with, say, a Jock Peterson to go with Duvall as platooning in left field, and now you got a pretty formidable lineup. So yeah, now we're yeah now we're feeling really good on, on Thanksgiving <laughs> uh, if, if we can make all that happen. Um, but no, definitely fun to to think about and, and talk about. You know, the off season is going to be picking up here a little bit after thanks Thanksgiving. We hope, mm-hmm. uh, but especially with the with the non tenders um, being uh, decided here um, quickly, 
you know, that'll give, like I said, I think that'll give us a better idea of what teams are really going to be going for this offseason, what t- teams may be looking to shed a little payroll. Um, so I think that'll clear things up a little bit. <laughs> Again, going back to the, the top, the Braves seemingly don't, you know, at this point don't seem to be hurting payroll wise if you're going to throw 11 million at, at Smiley. So hopefully they got a lot more left to do. I mean, you got to figure Antopolis knows this team's right there. Uh, obviously, I know he does. Um, and, and this isn't the time where you can just sit back and, um, you know, hope things fall into place. You gotta, you gotta go for it. The Braves got a window here in the next four to five years to win a championship. And just, just, to, being, just to clarify that on tender is December 2nd at 8 p.m. So it's not next week, but the week after that. Oh, yeah. November 20th was the players for the Rule 5 draft. So right. thanks for clearing that up, yes. Fred. But still, that'll, that'll happen before we get back on the, the, the podcast again. Um, so, uh, be, be looking for that because I think that'll, that'll be very telling. And once that happens, hopefully this offseason will pick up a little bit. But again, you know, what, what Alan talked about, we, we talked about last podcast as well. You know, we got to know if there's a DH or not. And, and until that happens, you know, really, you're not going to see much happen this offseason. And, and even knowing what the playoffs are going to look like, we still don't know that. So, you know, until those things get decided, I think it's going to continue to be somewhat of a slow offseason. But, uh, I really think, you know, after, after Thanksgiving, the, the beginning of December, especially with the winter meetings coming up, hopefully we'll, we'll have a lot more clarity, uh, at that point. And, and hopefully, um, we'll, we'll see who's available out there and, uh, what the Braves can do to kind of put that contender together. So, uh, as always, appreciate everyone listening Rule, to the podcast. Okay. Rule 5 draft is on December 10th. They have to have the roster finalized by Friday, but the Rule 5 draft is December the 10th. Yeah, Normally that's always at the uh, end, of, end of the winter meetings there. Which when will that, all be virtual this year. So. <laughs> yeah, so be a little different, a little COVID winter meetings here. But, um, again, just hopeful to have some more information by that point. Um, maybe Manfred yes. won't. Yes, where will Scott Boris have his little confab this year? <laughs> yeah, he, that's usually all it is at the winter meetings, right? It's what Scott Boris thinks. It seems like he gets more headlines at the winter meetings than anybody else. But lately, uh, um, but again, just want to thank everyone for for tuning into the podcast. Um, make sure you check out the site tomahawktake.com, as we'll have a lot of uh, off-season articles, speculation, trade speculation articles, free agent. Um, signings and, and uh, players that we may be interested in. So make sure that you, you check out the website. Uh, continue to listen to the podcast. We'll, like I said, we'll take off next week for Thanksgiving, but then we'll be back and have our uh, preview before the winter meetings get started. So make sure you subscribe to the Tomahawk Take podcast. As always, we appreciate your support. And we'll talk to you next time. This, the pumpkin spice version of the Tomahawk Take podcast, has been a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are those of the participants alone. Minute Media disavows all of them. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 this was a piece by kevin mcleod entitled bad ideas clean his works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io
All other selections used come via rights purchased by TomahawkTake.com. Hey, we're certainly thankful for all of you that tune into the podcast, and our wishes for all of you next week is the ability to have a safe time gathering with friends and family over cornbread dressing, sweet potato casseroles, and pecan pies. We'll see you out for the next inning. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.